welcome to the MetaPod Podcast, a Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. Back in full force, Sean, my co-host over here. I'm Jake, if you do not know Sean over here. To my left, right, right, uh, or left? To your Actually, left. The, my left, your right. Anyways, we're back in action with you today. Sean, back in the States. Sean, how was your trip in Japan? It was wonderful. Jake, I was I was showing off a few of the things that I purchased to Jake. Uh, I think they had so many of these. I think they're called like sitting cuties. Sitting. Yeah, they're sitting cuties in the American line. Yeah, and in the Japanese line, I think they just call them Pokemon Fit. There's like a whole line. So I, I got a Jirachi because my favorite Pokemon. I got a Metapod because you know the Metapod. Right, like you know, it's I got it. We're ditto. the biggest Metapod fans in the world. <laughs> <laughs> probably honestly yeah. at this point truly um, i i got a ditto i got a sylveon a a uh lechonk not an oink a doink a lechonk <laughs> and i got a rayquaza as well and then i also this deck box those of you in and you know for those of you listening i'll explain the deck box to you it is a squishy plushy deck box that is pikachu and it even has, it has Pikachu's face on the front. It has a little tail that's like flat, but it also has not flat ears on the top of the deck box. And it does like Velcro to open and close. And it's just, it's all squishy. Um, so I got to give Pokemon props. Like the, the accessory game in Japan is next level, Jake. It's insane. Yeah. So it's big, just, big and it's, and it's crazy because we don't have like those Pokemon centers here in the States, right? I think we just have like pop-up Pokemon centers every once in a while. We haven't had one in a yeah. while, but I think the most recent one that I know about it was in like London. Yeah. Um, or or NAIC. the UK somewhere NAI- there. Yeah, NAIC should have a Pokemon Center pop-up because EUIC oh, okay. had one, right? I think I mean I think yeah, I think so, because they did a whole bunch because I didn't get to watch a ton of EUIC Sean did but I do I do remember at one point they were doing like advertisements in the Pokemon Center thing yeah yeah, yeah they, they were, were talking doing like about... little bits exactly so they I, I'm assuming there will be one at NAIC so for those of you listening who you know in I think it's in June uh they haven't released tickets yet but even if you go as a spectator you can get to go to the the Pokemon Center Pick up whatever plushies that they're going to have there. I'm sure they'll have some awesome uh, exclusive stuff for the event, too. So, yeah. I'll say as well, um, even if there isn't a Pokemon Center, like, we're just wrong and, you know, they don't have (laughs) one. I went in 2019 as a spectator to NAIC, and they had such good stuff over there. So, like, even if there's not a Pokemon Center, you know, if you still want to go over there, um, there is some good stuff in that... um, in that department but if you uh if you i know a lot of people were excited about our uh burning card of the year with rotation we always burn a card with rotation and you all decided you know we 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 asked you all on twitter what all you wanted to see go you know the the hoorah tour the farewell burn and this year sean posted it on twitter while he was in japan was Marnie, Sean, you burned a full art Marnie card too. I did. I was, I, I brought the full art Marnie with me to Japan, knowing I was going to burn it. Uh, but I was not. I was a little tempted to go get a Japanese full art Marnie because that is that card is a little bit more money than it is in the English version. Mm-hmm. I did not do that, but because I was like, look, the full art is already. It's already enough, but so Sean, you have now burned cards because Sean is the one that is the pyromaniac of the uh-huh. two of us. You know, <laughs> he is the one that burns the card every single year, and I just watch and clap. But Sean, <laughs> was this the toughest card to burn out of all three of them right yeah, now? Yeah, it did not like the um, the Orangaroo from the first year. This is a real throwback. The, the yeah. Orangaroo was a normal card. It was actually kind of hard to burn. I look back. I keep all the cards that I burned, by the way. You have them all? Yeah, yeah. I have the I Orangaroo. I know about this. I have what's left of the ADP, and then I have the Marnie. So, like, you That's know. That's crazy. My little trophies. That's um, really cool, though. Uh, the Yeah, the Orangaroo was, like, normal, but weirdly hard to burn because it is just the paper, no foiling. 
ADP, if you remember last year, went up like that. That thing was I do like, remember that. give me that fire. It ate it up. There's only half the card left. You like wedged it in a rock because it like burned so fast or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, no. So then you didn't have to hold it and b- burn your hands. <laughs> yeah. And then Marnie, yeah, Marnie, the, I don't know what it was. I think it's because the foiling is metallic. So it when mm-hmm. it starts burning, it burns through the cardboard that's underneath the metallic foiling. And then the foiling sort of crimped around the edges and it loses the fuel, the, the source of fuel. It's like self-preservation. Kind of. It was really weird. But yeah, I so I had to burn it in like two different places. And I could have kept going, but I'm like, ah, the video's going to get too long. <laughs> so. It was... It was a joy to see. I know a lot of people were happy, especially some of the people that say, quote from Vinny Supagassi on Twitter, it being a full art makes this all the better. Oh, <laughs> seven. So, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to burn next year. I know it's we're really thinking it's way ahead. too early. It's very early. But like I I really I, I genuinely am not sure if there's any cards that would fit in the E block that I'm like, oh, you're particularly egregious, but but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe something will come up cooking. Maybe something from EUIC mm-hmm. made some noise that's here to stay that maybe you're not too happy about. But before we do that, we've got to talk about a couple other things. One of them being our nice old comment. Oh, of yeah. the day oh gee sean it's Sorry, been so long right since ahead. you've been here we're we're doing our nice comment of the day this was left on our previous episode on youtube by dan rickard dan rickard says can't wait for the new ex decks you mentioned the v battle decks got me and my family started on playing and they're brilliant they will need some loving tweaks to make competitive though love the podcast and thank you so thank, thank you so you. much, Dan, for your support. Glad that you and many other people as well. Um, I kind of did something a little different because it was a lone episode about like somebody had posed the comment, how could you make Arcanine EX better, the new Arcanine EX card? So I, I listed like some partners that you can go alongside it and things like that. And then also kind of talked about, you know, um, the potential new decks, uh, Chin Pao, I think it's called. Yeah. The Pokemon. And then Tinkaton EX. Okay, interesting. Are they fire type? No. Uh Chin Pao, I believe it's the it's the Ice Fang uh, Pokemon. Yes. Okay. The, yeah. the, and then the, the other one whatever, is Snow Leopard. Tinkaton is the thing with the big hammer. Is that fighting type, I assume? Steel. Or I'm sorry, no, psychic, because it's a fairy type. Oh, because I was thinking it's like, also steel in the video game, but it's psychic type in uh in the Pokemon trading card game. Interesting. I haven't really looked enough at Arcanine. So those would be good partners for a fire Pokemon. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the uh, just talking about the battle decks. No, with Arcanine. No, you got to play stuff like you got to play stuff like Raihan, Magma Basin. Um, there's some other cheeky things that I mentioned in this in that podcast about that you could do um like uh kindler yeah um because you need to get energies in the discard pile kindler might be a decent supporter that you can try to utilize yeah um and there was another supporter that i thought of but i can't remember what it is um, i mean i'll be interested. it's been a week and a half yeah I'll, I'll be interested to see where fire goes this is just a really offhand comment it's weird to think like i can't even think of a good fire deck no because I- we haven't really had one since like I would, I mean, would you consider Victini V Max to be a good fire deck? In it, for a for a small moment, Victini V, not V Max, but Victini V was a. I guess V Max too. Yeah, but Victini V was a decent fire deck, but mm-hmm. that was only when it was paired with the Galarian Rapidash, right? <clears throat> um, Galarian Rapidash. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. That was the one that you could hit to put somebody at. 100 hp or something oh yeah, or, yeah that's right yeah the three energies and you just put damage counters until they have 100 left on their pokemon v or gx or yeah. something like that so, i do remember that now i don't know it's, it's a quirky deck yeah anywho anywho it's, it's weird to think that there's no good fire deck that's all 
maybe someday it'll come back around but if you want to play a decent lightning deck sean we talked about last week how they were going to be giving away a free maridon ex on the euic live stream that code is officially out if you have not seen i think we retweeted it we usually try to retweet those things on twitter but if you want a free maridon ex the new um special illustration rare version that's the that's the money maridon as some people will call it it's like the alternate art kind of maridon there they're only giving out a hundred thousand copies the code works until april 24th so at the time of this recording you only have five days left when this video comes out you'll have four days left to redeem this code you'll have to redeem it on ptcg live through that system how you like redeem the codes and and things like that that you may get but again it's a free card so why not just get all of them <laughs> you know why don't you just get one um i redeemed it just before we started recording this podcast there are still copies available at this time but again it says the code will only work until april 24th um according to pokebeach.com so i would go ahead do that now while you're thinking of it or the first chance that you get after listening to this podcast indeed and i can say maridon it may not be the best deck in the format but it's it's a good deck i did take it to a local yesterday last night and i with your new fuzzy pikachu squishy deck deck box box. (laughs) and i did man manage to win the locals uh which was surprising to me, to be honest. So, but Maridon, good. And also, um, I just remembered this. Sean and I were kind of talking about it earlier. Cups and challenges, um, league, local league events for CP are back. I saw a lot of people over the weekend playing um, and doing, having a lot of fun at local events. So again, just like we've said before, if you want to find out in your area where your local cups, challenges, even weekly local leagues are, check out the Pokemon event locator website and then go ahead, put your zip code or city or whatever it asks you um, to be able to find out the nearest locations for you. Um, it's We've talked about it plenty of times before, so listeners who maybe this isn't their first time here, they might remember that. So go check that out and let us know how you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Jake, is it time to get into EUIC and see how the format actually is shaping up? The standard format battle styles through Scarlet, Violet, EUIC 2023 happened over the weekend. There were over 1,500 players at this event sean i saw somewhere i saw a lot of places say that this was the biggest euic ever um which makes sense because it's a new format but i i i thought i saw like stefan ivanoff or somebody say that there was a bigger euic than this i don't i mean i i don't know relative i heard somebody say this is the biggest internationals ever oh which 1500 players i would believe um now we'll see if naic is able to break that record coming up in the next month or so but 1500 players is absolutely you're starting to get into japanese levels of number of players here so i will say regardless this was a highly competitive event i mean if you're watching this on like youtube or um spotify video and you're looking at this top four in this event right here this top four alex shamansky ended up winning the entire thing we'll look at his kind of counter deck here in a minute it's a little bit more than just arceus duraladon as it's showing on limitless number two toward reckliff right taking down toward in the finals toward was playing gardevoir ex doesn't surprise me you know gardevoir is just like one of his or that that deck in general runs a lot like one of his favorite decks in Zorark EX, so definitely no surprise there. Pablo Mesa, or the content creator known as Tablemon, long, long time player, probably one of the longer time players out of this uh, top eight, I would say, overall. Yeah. I, I think, think they listed him as like, the beginning. they listed him, I think, as like a world's top four in 2006. 
yeah. I assume he was like a junior or something then. But like, I was like, 2006. How long ago was that? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, 17 it's, it's, years it's, ago. Pablo is one of the <clears throat> biggest veterans in the game. Third place overall. And then Pedro Eugene Torres at fourth place. Another brilliant player over from Spain. Pablo was playing Mew Genesec. Pedro was playing Lost Box zone but that didn't that wasn't all of the top eight that's four of four different decks in top eight there was a fifth deck at number five aiden coos playing gudra lost zone box so another archetype out of the top five archetypes five different or five top five decks or top five places i guess well there's still decks top five places in the event all five different archetypes and then sixth place was lugia archaeops lugia archaeops took sixth and seventh so you know you can you have a little bit of double up there but in eighth place we had maridon regilecki vmax so out of the eight spots there were seven different decks very very awesome signs sean for this format to start out yeah and uh it's it's kind of wild to me that like there are some new ones like Gardevoir and Maridon mm -hmm. both making top eight. I think Maridon, I think it surprised people that it made top eight because it actually did not perform that well overall in terms of day two. And like I'm like scrolling down this list right here and like there's only like a couple of Maridons total in all of day there two. Were, there were only five Maridons overall in day two. So I think that says to me that the deck is probably good. Got some work to do. Yeah, it needs a little work. It's a very, it seems like it, I, not, not seems, I know. It's a kind of a high roll deck where like it plays very linearly and you need to get lucky. And in a tournament of this size, high rolling the whole way up to top eight is really hard and unlikely. Apologies for that cut. A little bit of technical difficulties getting back in the swing of things. But let's just get into the top tables. Let's look off to Alex Shemansky's deck. Alex Shemansky, always a finalist, never a champion until this past weekend at EUIC. What's the phrase that they used? Always the bridesmaid, uh, never always, the bride. That's exactly right, Jake. Nailed it. Yeah, it, 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 bam. Anyways, this is Arceus Duraludon with a bunch of other friends inside of it. So you've got your two mainstays, Arceus and Duraludon, as always, with your four of Arceus and then three Arceus V-Star, and then a 2-2 line of Duraludon V and V-Max. Alongside the Radiant of Choice, Radiant Gardevoir. Radiant Gardevoir protecting the... Uh, the Pokemon by 20 makes sense because Zacian V, as I talked about, I believe, in last week's podcast, has a like incredible damage output, a infinite, I guess is what I should say, damage output. So allows it to make just a little bit harder for stuff like that to be able to one-shot your Duraludon VMAX or maybe hit into specific numbers of that sword. There's also a Lumineon V in here to be able to research, colorist, judge, Sharon's care or Raihan. There's a couple one of supporters in this list. Raihan's really cool. I always like Raihan. Um, I love the functionality of the card. I think it's a really, really cool card. And then Sharon's care to be able to get, you know, your RCS V star that may have gotten knocked, but you've got the energy on the V Max Duraludon to be able to uh, just start swinging away and you don't have to give up two prizes. But Sean, there's a, there's a couple other Pokemon. <laughs> in this uh deck what's what's the first one you want to talk about i mean the first one is uh, this deck could have been called rcs drapion to be yeah. to be honest there's a, there's as many drapion as there are duraludons basically uh there's two drapion v's in the deck um i you know i'm trying to figure out like why he really wanted to go with two here uh rather so than just the standard one We've talked about many times on this podcast how Drapion is great for being able to take knockouts and swing a Mew matchup. Yeah. Um, the other one I'll say, the I think a big reason that there's two, let's talk about the other cards first, and that'll kind of play into why Drapion V is really really cool it is a vulpix a lowland vulpix v and a v star so sean if you want to pull up the v star 
you might not remember what this card does. And you know what? I didn't either. I didn't either. Until, until uh, it started making some noise that Alex was playing this. So if you do not know, Alolan Vulpix V-Star is a 240 HP water Pokemon. It has two attacks. The first one, which is not the V-Star power, the first one is water colorless colorless. It does 160 damage. This attack's damage isn't affected by any effects on your opponent's active Pokemon. During your opponent's next turn, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by attacks from Pokemon that have an ability. Yep. Which... Sean, you think about you think about all the top decks right now, yep. right? Um, let me quickly go backwards. You know, Gardevoir. The Gardevoir EX has an ability. The Gardevoir um, baby, like, stage two has an ability the zashian v has an ability in there you talk about mu genesect mu Everything i don't think has an ability has, i don't think mu has an ability though um no but, but that's, you have the drapions okay with that. but yeah i mean you got drapions in there mu usually just plays double turbo um so you're doing that lost box you know the cramorants mm-hmm. um have that in there stabilize you're not really worried about um because they just don't put up enough output you know your radiant charizard fixes in there yeah even the raikus right like a lot of um lost boxes are still playing raiku if you're talking about lugia right we know that lugia is a big thing lugia has an ability um i don't know if all the partners of lugia like the single strikers have abilities but most likely they do if they're like playing Duraludon or others. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so many, yeah, so many <laughs> decks have abilities. Like Maridon is a good example too. Maridon has an ability, and the um, Reggie Lucky Bmax yeah. has an ability. So, like, basically every attacker in a common, you know, Maridon deck has an ability. So, really crazy swing here. The Vulpix uh, V-Star as well. Sean, what's that V-Star power it's got? I mean, I don't know if you ever use it, but uh, Silvery Snowstar does 70 damage for each of your opponent's Pokemon V in play. Isn't affected by weakness or resistance. So, you know, I, I'm sure there are some matchups where this is really relevant. And if you don't need to use the um, Arceus V-Star's ability to go get you two cards then yeah, you can go use this ability in specific matchups. Maybe the Arceus Mirror type matchup where you're going to have a bunch of Vs in play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Mew matchup. This is an alternative attacker, basically, that you can use outside of Drapion. Um, I believe in one of Alex Shemansky's streamed matches, there was... I do remember a time where he used Silvery Snow Star, the V-Star power on a Lolan Vulpix V-Star. I think Alex was facing a Maridon Regilecki deck. Oh, to get and the so, yeah, because I'm... Or I don't know if it was to hit into the Reggie or the Maridon. I think what he ended up doing was he ended up bossing up the Maridon EX that the opposing player was putting energies onto to be able to attack and because they had so many um v's ex's things like that in play or red so many regilecki v's right and a raikou v that he was able to just take a knockout with silvery snow star not even committing an energy to this alolan vulpix v star take two prizes and then be able to be one more step ahead in setting up like a Duraludon V. I believe that allowed him to just essentially like that was, even though it was early in the game, that essentially won him the game based on being able to um, move stuff around. Yeah. So yeah, those are the two main other attackers, right? You got Drapion, you got the uh, Alolan Vulpix V-Star, which, you know, really, I think surprised Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, and then to your point about why the two Drapion, uh, one other thing to point out, he is playing four copies of Lost City. So if that's your stadium of choice and, hey, you use it, you knock something out, that goes away forever. But then your Drapion might be then sitting in the active about to get knocked out right back. So I guess it makes sense to have two copies in specific matchups. 
There's also, Sean, if you want to maybe go over to the second place list real mm-hmm. quick and pull up Gardevoir EX. Gardevoir EX, Sean, what is it uh, week to? I mean, it is week to darkness. So that's a whole other reason to pull up uh, two Drapion Vs. You know, you got the Mew matchup it's good for. You got the Guardi matchup it's good for. So if one of your Alolan Vulpix pieces gets prized, because if, if you prize the V, actually, I don't think Alex was playing a heavy ball at all. Um, the Hisuian heavy ball. So no, he wasn't playing a Hisuian heavy ball. So if one of the two pieces gets prized, which does happen, um, mm-hmm. you can't use the Alolan Vulpix V. So that's what um, happened in the finals match, actually. In the, oh, really? okay. yeah, in the, in the last game, the Alolan Vulpix V-Star was prized, mm-hmm. uh, but he actually, uh, against Tord, he played the bluff. He put the Alolan Vulpix down, and he also put a Drapion down and powered it up, and Tord had a boss in hand and had to make a choice. And he chose to get the Alolan Vulpix because long-term, turning off attacks from with abilities is really difficult for mm-hmm. um, Tord to deal with, so he chose to eliminate that threat and leave the Drapion alone. And that's actually what ultimately ended the entire tournament is the Drapion being able to take out the EX. Just, I mean, it's it's a really sweet match to go rewatch if you haven't already. I know I'm probably going to rewatch it here soon. Um, put it on replay over on Pokemon's Twitch channel and things like that. If I ever have time in the world. But <laughs> Sean, this is a really cool list. I really like it. It was cool to see a deck like Arceus Duraludon yep. win the entire thing, a, a deck that a lot of people put aside. Um, and I think Alex has been playing it for a long time, Arceus Duraludon, and its different iterations during its time. So really cool to see him get a win. I, I want to point out the the other supporter split because I do think it's mm-hmm. interesting and weird. So he's got four professors research, which, you know, like... In an Arceus deck, I think it's a little surprising because you do have the Starbirth ability and Luminion to go find any supporter. So mm-hmm. I, I think decks like that don't always play the full four research. But he's got two other draw supporters, kind of. He's got three Colrus and three Judge, opting for sort of that a little bit more draw and then a little bit of draw and a little bit of disruption. Apologies. Bless you. Um over playing something like a Roxanne, maybe. So just opting not even to bother with Roxanne. And then he's also got three bosses, which I know that there's been a lot of discussion about, oh, is it boss or Serena? And again, it looks like he's just gone for the option of, I'm just going to take boss because I might need to pull something into the active that isn't a rule box Pokemon. I think the reasoning behind a lot of this stuff, um, especially the draw supporters, let's just start there. I feel like with a lot of people, Arceus Duraludon just doesn't set up a lot of games. There's a lot of games where it can pop off and it can, you know, go exactly like you want to. But anybody who's played the card game or anybody that's played any sort of card game knows that a deck is not going to run well the entire time so having that consistency in there of having 10 draw supporters allows you to get a little bit closer to that goal even if you do at some points of the game have to discard important pieces uh, maybe the one-ofs that you don't want to discard like the sharon's care or an escape rope or the switch or something like that um so that, in my opinion, is a big reason why there's like a heavy research count as well as judge instead of just Colrus experiments that we've seen. And then the boss, I mean, I got to thinking, you know, you look at the brand new decks, Gardevoir EX, which he faced in the finals. Gardevoir EX only has two, maybe three Vs, and those are specifically like attackers or support Pokemon like Luminion. So there's well, not a lot. Does Serena Sorry? get you? Serena gets you. Arena only gets you Pokemon box. V. No, oh, it's only it Pokemon only? V. It's okay. only Pokemon V. So I can I see where. That's so wild. I could see where the so I could see where this transition into just kind of bosses orders taking out Serena because now we have two meta decks 
that are using EXs, and it's only going to get more and more populated with EX decks and less and less V decks. So yeah. I, I like the transition into just bosses orders. I think it's fine, especially when you're playing, like I said, 10 draw supporters. Like you don't need to use Serena for draw, really. Yeah. Um, I would feel like if you had maybe just Colrus Experiment in there, no judges, no research, maybe like a Roxanne, just one. Maybe, yeah, maybe you want to do put a, a Serena or two in there. But I think what he's got right here is is wah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, for some reason, my brain was thinking that Serena was rule box, but you're right. It's just Vs. I mean, we haven't had it very bad, long. Actually. And it's, I mean, we haven't had it very long. And it's slightly becoming more irrelevant. Yeah. Even though we <laughs> yeah. just got it. Um. Okay. Well, I, I mean, outside of that, I think the deck is otherwise pretty straightforward. So we could probably mm -hmm. move on to toward Reklev, the the mountain that Alex Schmansky had to climb over in order to get to that first place finish, playing Guard toward of War. Reklev. Yeah, playing Guard of War EX, and to be honest, a lot of people were saying there were a lot of unconventional things in this guard of war list that made it just wacky to play against you've got four <laughs> battle v ip passes in there you've got your four ralts four curlia two guard of war ex and then the shining arcana baby stage two guard of war you've also got two zashian v's your radiant of choice is radiant greninja you got a manaphy in there to help you out Keep your little babies alive in case someone tries to moonlight shuriken or do any sort of sniping stuff. But there's a little bit of uh, interesting things in this. First of all, it's the Ralts. There's two different Ralts in this list. Three of the Teleportation Birds, 70 HP, but one Memory Skip Ralts. A little 60 HP Pokemon Memory Skip, if you do not know, it is a single Psychic energy attack it does 10 damage which actually could affect your math a little bit in a zashian or anywho um but it says choose one of your opponent's active pokemon's attacks during your opponent's next turn that pokemon can't use that attack so if you're playing a lot of decks that maybe don't have a lot of switching cards like lost zone box mm -hmm. um for wow. instance like arceus duraludon yeah, Arc Duralit. Lost Box has tons of switching cards. But... No, no, no. If you're, yeah, oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yes. If you're playing a deck unlike Lost Zone yes. Box <laughs> that doesn't have a lot of switching cards or free retreaters, things like that, you can really catch someone off guard by just saying, "Hey, you know, you're you're here, but you can't use that attack anymore. You gotta you gotta find a different way." Yeah, and I know that Tord actually pulled this out in one of the games to hit into the Alolan Vulpix V-Star to turn oh, off. Really? Yeah, he, that was like a whole plan. Like, hey, every turn he's attacking with this, I can't attack him with something with an ability. So let me actually go and wait till the end of the game when it comes out, hit him with the Ralt so that he can't use it. Now, it ended up not mattering for Tord because he just retreated, had a boss on the game. Mm -hmm. But that was his, that was like Tord's thinking of like, this is my only out to this Vulpix. Yeah, and I mean, it's a it's a literal win con, you know, especially in the matchup where I bet he didn't know what a Lolan Vulpix V-Star did until that tournament. Um, <laughs> but there's other things in there. The draw engine, Curlia with the discard one, draw two from your hand. Then 80 HP Curlia, usable by level ball, which is in this deck list to be able to find refinement man i've i've been playing a little bit of gardevoir on ptcg live and that deck draws so fast it's yep. so crazy sean and uh what's interesting here you mentioned level ball i'm just gonna call mm -hmm. this out right now zero nest balls in the entire deck zero yeah there have not been too many nest balls that i feel like i've seen so they got four battle vips four levels Three Fog Crystals, which I think when you're playing Psychic, you just kind of get reminded of how good this card is mm -hmm. for Psychic. It's 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 absolutely broken. And then three Ultra Balls. So plenty of Pokemon Search, just not the one you might be expecting. There's also some Search in there, some utility Pokemon like Mew. Celebrations Mew makes an appearance in this deck, usable by Level Ball 
uh, the Fog Crystal. Remember, Mysterious Tale. Once during your turn, if this Pokemon is your active spot, look at the top six cards, reveal an item card, and put it in your hand. Shuffle the other cards back in your deck. Excellent for finding VIP Pass, Level Ball, Fog Crystal, Ultra Ball, and the two rare candies. A lot of people were kind of surprised by these rare candies in this list. Being able to skip the Curlia phase to go from Ralts to Gardevoir EX. If you need to go a little bit more aggressive, you need to kind of go faster to get the Gardevoir EX or the Shining Arcana Gardevoir online. You can use that rare candy to kind of skip that as well. So very, very interesting in terms of the Pokemon evolving and involvement. There's also one more Pokemon that I didn't know about <laughs> in this. Sean, and you've got it pulled up right here. This is Cresselia. Yeah, it's it's weird. I did not really. I think he may have attacked with it once at some point that I mm -hmm. watched. But it, this one is 120 HP basic. It has one psychic move, two damage counters from each of your Pokemon to one of your opponent's Pokemon. So maximum for one psychic energy, you can do uh, 120 damage. So 12 damage counters, actually, which is the same as Sableye um, yep. for one energy on a basic. Uh, and you know, it, you know, if you um, weren't aware of the way Gardevoir EX works, it accelerates energy um, onto psychic Pokemon. But every for every energy that gets put onto it, you put two damage counters onto those Pokemon. So for this one, the strategy is well, let's just load up one energy on all of my Pokemon, make sure everybody has at least two damage counters, and then move all that damage onto Cresselia, and then off into the universe somewhere to kill something you can get like uh you can get i think this is especially useful in like the lost box matchups because it is that one prize trade yep. that you do and so being able to just move stuff and plus as well you know with the zashin we talked about the zashin v earlier having like an uncapped damage potential if your zashin v is in a position where it doesn't one hit ko something mm-hmm right it it gets just a little bit short or something of the sort you can maybe strategically do things to where okay i'm only going to put a little bit of damage on my zashin v to kind of just chip away at them and then i'm going to have cresselia finish in the next turn of the big pokemon whatever that may be so there's a lot of cheeky things that you can do with this cresselia i would agree with sean you probably didn't use it that much but i feel like the possibilities with it are pretty all right i would say yeah i mean like you said it's a single prize attacker which this deck does have another one in gardevoir mm -hmm. but um you typically like it takes longer to get into the gardevoir you you usually want it for its ability to draw you some cards so it may not be something you're willing to just sort of throw out there for a cheap knockout um so yeah good good alternative there in cresselia but jake what are you what's going on with this supporter lineup there is a wild supporter lineup i feel like you've got the four research because yeah you need to get the energies inside the discard pile but you are playing one two three four five and six different one of supporters half of the reason that you're playing a Luminion v in this list is to be able to get any of these supporters and then also why you have a pal pad in the deck to be able to cycle through those supporters so we'll go through them one by one judge is the first one you know what judge is each person shuffles the hand in the deck and draws four cards i think judge is kind of like it's like a secondary roxanne almost because i, I feel like yeah. you really utilize judge in the late game when you've set up like your gardevoirs your curlias things like that i would say i think judge Personally, I think Judge is a really useful, not necessarily late game, but almost an early game card. Yeah, I mean, it could do that, too, just if because, you've got a good board set up. Yeah, because like if you want to disrupt your opponent's hand, obviously Roxanne is not going to be live. It's like mm -hmm. it's, it's a useless card until your opponent has gone through half their prizes. Um, so it's just like an alternative to be like, hey, my opponent is setting up for maybe a big turn, but I need to disrupt them. Boom, hit him with the Judge. There's also a Roxanne in here, as I mentioned. So maybe like, yeah, you're right. Judge early game, Roxanne late game, just constant 
continuation of that. There's also a worker yeah. in here. I... Sean, if, if you run across a pesky stadium, don't worry. You can use worker to draw three cards and then discard that stadium. Yep, like a uh, path to the peak, which would turn off your guard of war. That's annoying. We don't like that. Just throw a worker. Throw yeah. a worker in there and get those away. Also, it can get it can get rid of stuff. Some like Lost City mm-hmm. or something like that. Because Lost City, you know, there may be some Pokemon in here that you really just do not want to get rid of. You know, you don't want to lose out forever on your Zacian V or your Guard of War, like your little stage two, because you have a card like Miriam in here. I've actually talked about Miriam. We talked about it on this podcast how cool Miriam was. I feel like when it was first announced and announced that it was coming in the Scarlet Violet base set. If you do not remember, Miriam, the supporter, says shuffle up to five Pokemon from your discard pile into your deck. If you shuffled any cards into your deck in this way, draw three cards. So, you know, like I was saying, you know, maybe you want to get rid of that lost city with the worker if you can't find any of your stadiums. So then when your Curlia or something goes into the discard pile, you can Miriam them back into it to resupply your board state, I guess you could say, with the refinement Curlias or attackers and stuff. Yeah, and I, I see, again, in one of the matches in the finals, it became apparent how important Miriam was, and when Tord didn't have access to it, mm-hmm. um, he basically, Tord ran out of viable attackers, and that's what I will say about the deck in general. That is a, it's a big challenge in order to play it correctly, which is if you look at the deck, you really only have, you've got two EX Gardevoirs, one regular Gardevoir, two Zashin Vs, and a Cresselia. Those are all of your attackers. Some of your attackers are really not going to be very good. Like Cresselia in certain matchups is useless. Um, Zacian is usually your main attacker, I would say, in most typical matchups, but it's a two-prizer. So, like, okay, well, if you can't afford to give up two prizes, then you only have one one-prizer. And you've got the Guardi EX, which is a very limited amount of damage output at 190. It's a really... That's the one thing I'd say that is um, is a challenge with this deck, is the choice of which Pokemon to use to attack and when. And look, sometimes if you have some rough hands, you have to throw Pokemon away. If you also have to throw away that Miriam early and there's no way to get it back, that is one of the reasons Tord was put into a losing position late game is he just ran out of the right kind of attacker. I will say to compensate, we're going to move away from the supporters real quick because this is a great transition into another one of the cheeky cards that are in this list. With the limited uh, attackers, one of the ways that you can compensate for that is Sky Sealstone, Sean. Remember, Sky Sealstone, Forest Sealstone, those are eroded into Pokemon tool cards. They are not item cards anymore. This was the first tournament that that was in effect, I believe, uh, EUIC. But if you do not remember what Sky Sealstone is, because it's not as popular as Forest Sealstone was before this tournament let's read it off to you so this pokemon v this card is attached to can use the v star power on this card so this is ideally put on your zashian v's to be able to use this ability it has the ability star order as its v star power during your turn you may use this ability during this turn if your opponent's active pokemon Oh, I'm sorry. Opponent's active Pokemon V-Star or active Pokemon V-Max is knocked out by damage from an attack from your basic Pokemon V. Take one more prize card. So just kind of like ADP, right? The good good old glory days of the (laughs) beginning of this podcast, ADP. You can utilize the Sky Sealstone with the unlimited damage output of Zacian V or... Or, I mean, really, that's it, Zacian V, to be able to take an extra prize on a V-Star or V-Max, which is very popular still in the uh, game right now. Yeah, I mean, again, you think about, like, look, Mew is going to take a lot of resources to knock out a Mew V-Max. Why not grab that extra prize with your Zacian, knowing that, hey, the only thing you got to do after this is knock out one Genesect. I don't got to go through two Mew V-Maxes. Um. So really useful card in changing the prize math. Uh, so yeah, uh, 
so, and, and then in terms of the supporters, there was there's one boss's order real quick. Just you know a great card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a great card. The one that we're going to talk about probably a little bit later, too, but we'll give you a brief heads up as to what it does now is Penny. You probably haven't heard of Penny. Just came out in the Sword and uh, the Scarlet and Violet base set. I know all about the Penny full yeah. art. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. It, uh, it says, put one of your basic Pokemon, important, basic Pokemon and all cards attached into your hand. It is an Acerola for basic Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. It's an, it's an AZ oh, for AZ? basic Pokemon. Acerola was Pokemon that had damage counters attached right, to it. Right, right, so the popular thing was to The popular thing was to utilize it with Pokemon that use rainbow energy. Got it. Okay, but so yeah, Penny though, you just pick it up. Doesn't matter if it's damaged or not. All cards attached to it into your hand. Really useful in particular for picking up, you know, a Luminion, let's say, that mm-hmm. gets stranded on the field somewhere and you don't want to give up that extra prize. Also useful if you're like, hey, my Guardi EX got, oh, I can't pick it up because it's not a basic. Yeah, but I you don't know. can do your Zashian Vs. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Zashian V. Yeah, if you threw that down, you realize, oh, this is a liability now, maybe late in the game, you can... It's almost, I mean, it's almost a switch out for a lot of these Pokemon. You know, Cresselia, if you had to start at the beginning of the game, right, and you don't want it on the field because it's useless. Mew, you know, you got to get it out of the active. Radiant Greninja, right? You can't accelerate energies to Radiant Greninja, Manaphy, or Luminion mm-hmm. from the Gardevoir. So, I mean, aside from a manual attachment, there's no other way in this deck to retreat that card so penny is almost another option for retreating whether it's you know your zashian like i mentioned and it's uh it's really really cool to see so that is the gardevoir ex deck um in my opinion like i i so i bought some of the cards for guardy ex after watching toward play it Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie i wasn't necessarily sold on the archetype um I still think it has some challenges, but what deck doesn't? And after watching Tord play it, I'm like, huh, this deck has a lot of cool tools up its sleeve. It's incredibly consistent with Curlia, which is appealing to which very many players. Like, if you tell me a deck is going to draw through its cards like crazy and has a variety of attackers you can use, Mew can't say that. Mew draws like crazy, but you have, like, one maybe two attackers in the deck so like at least this deck draws to the deck and you have a variety of people to to throw at your opponent but uh yeah it was really cool seeing toward pilot this but jake talking about maybe some old favorites uh showing up in the top tables what was uh what was mu v max looking like Mew VMAX, so going into the double turbo energy, I know the uh, the fusion strike energy with Meloetta has been floating back into the mix, but not for Pablo. Pablo opting to play Mew VMAX double turbo energy with the Genesect. A lot of these things are the usual for what we've seen. A lot of boss, a lot of Genesect. No other support Pokemon inside of it, though. So Pablo not opting for stuff like an Oricorio, right? Oricorio, a Pokemon that we've seen a lot in these decks. No Pumpkaboo either. I know we, we've we seen a couple Pumpkaboos in stuff like that. This is a Path to the Peak build, so playing four different Path to the Peaks. And I mean, Path to the Peak is just a really strong card. Um, so doesn't surprise me, especially when you set up everything with Mew. You're playing four Lost Vacuums, though. Yeah. <laughs> that way in you this can... list. It's like, okay, I'm going to play the peaks, but they're never going to affect me because I'm always going to have a vacuum in hand. (laughs) There's a lot of different item cards in this list, especially, you know, playing the four battle VIP pass for ultra balls. You're also playing some interesting things like echoing horn and fan of waves, two rapid strike cards that we haven't really seen too much of as of late, Sean. Yeah, the fan of waves. I, I do wonder what that is. Or maybe, I mean, obviously it would be semi-useful in Lugia, but like the Archeops mm-hmm. just gets the energy right back. So like, what's the point? Um, but maybe in like, it slow. I will say, if you do find it early, it would slow down a um, an Arceus deck. 
if they went and attached double turbo on turn one. So if you are playing against a Mew and you're going to run that Arceus deck, you know, if you have a choice between a single energy, a basic, or the double turbo on turn one, always go with the basic. It's the hardest one to get rid of. It's also, um, you kind of brought up the Lugia matchup. There is, you know, validity, I feel like, in the Lugia matchup of, you know, if a Lugia is setting up, you know, some bench Pokemon as well, you know, because their their active is going to be knocked out, right? They're setting they're setting up the next attacker. Fan of Waves can help you out, just make that a little bit more difficult, a little bit more tricky, because with Archeops, right, you have to commit the two energy to one Pokemon. You can't split the energy one one. Now, if you have two Archeops on the field, you can go one on one Pokemon, one on the other Pokemon. But think about this: if you have a let's say four energy attacker, right? And you're not using double turbo energies on this Pokemon and they put one, or I'm sorry, and they had, they used an Archeops to put two on a bench Pokemon for the next turn. Mm -hmm. If you take one of those energies away, one of those single energies, like for the Tyranitar, so you take away a single strike energy, right? They only have one energy on it for a four energy attack. That means that they have to commit both Archeops on that thing, unless they have one from hand. Um, they have to commit both Archeops. And same thing, like if it only has one on it, if you put zero, now they definitely have to commit both Archeops onto the Pokemon. So there's a little bit, I mean, it's not necessarily preventing from attacking in that next turn, but in future turns, it may be able to help you out. Um, I th- I just think it's a really interesting inclusion, as well as Feather Ball, Sean. This <laughs> yeah. is definitely a card that we haven't seen. This is the highest placing of a Feather Ball, I feel like. I mean, it's a little... I- I'm going to be honest here. You got four Battle VIP, four Ultra Ball, and two Nest Ball. It lets you search for a Pokemon that has no retreat cost from your deck. So it's basically a... A Mew nest. Finder. Yeah, it's it's a Mew Finder. And I'm like, that's cute and all. But I, you know, maybe you don't want to get rid of cards in your hand with the Ultra Ball. Maybe you don't have that option, I, I suppose. It seems, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, it seems a little unnecessary. Like, it, you got a lot of search in here. It's interesting because yeah. you do have a lot of search. It almost kind of feels like just having another item card that can be useful, right? Because mm-hmm. the thing about Cramomatics as well, Cramomatics... You can't use Forest Seal Stone anymore. You can't use Choice True. Belt as a Cramomatic use because remember, you have to discard an item card from your hand to be able to use Cramomatic. And now, at least according to Pablo's deck, you've lost four different cards that are item cards. So Pablo was just kind of probably looking at his deck. Okay, like what can we do? And I mean, if you've got Ball Search, right, and you've got Pokemon Search, that is so important in Mew VMAX because you can not only burn that card in general, right, whether that's, you know, finding the Mew VMAX, finding the Mew V, um, putting it on your bench, you can just burn it or you can just play it and just get rid of a card from your hand to be able to draw more with Genesect and stuff. So it's very, very cool alongside being able to utilize with the Karamomatic. So, I mean, it does seem a little weird to put in, but I can understand why Pablo would decide to put it in instead of, you know, like another Switch cart. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair. Like, you you have convinced me, Jake. Sweet. Uh, (laughs) Glad I could do that for you, Sean. (laughs) Uh, I mean... Just I'm just aware of like you know we got a few more decks we want to get through and uh, the time is running short. But Jake, quickly going through Lost Box, seeing maybe how it's evolved. Um, Pedro's- Pedro Eugene Torres playing the Lost Box deck. It's got the usual Come Face Colrus Experiment things like that the drapion manaphy there's a couple other cards in here that we'll talk about really quick the radiant charizard is back in his list at least radiant charizard being an efficient attacker very very strong attacker in this game with the excited heart ability you got a drapion in there the inclusion of a milk tank as well milk tank allowing you to use a miracle body the ability to just like stop your opponent uh, in general yeah. Really, so 
could be very strong in that situation. Halucha as well, the brand new Pokemon from Scarlet and Violet base set has the ability when you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench during your turn, you may choose two of your opponent's bench Pokemon, put one damage counter on each of them can help with the math on Kramer and Sableye, even Radiant Charizard. Yeah, I mean, at also least. Radiant Greninja. You know, we yeah, always think Radiant about Greninja. that one sitting at 130. You, if you can get the Radiant Greninja, if you know your po your opponent's going to try to set up for a, a Moonlight Shuriken. Moonlight Shuriken, yeah. Sableye right after that. Boom. You're, you're done. You get rid of that. You're done, bud. But one of the coolest things, there's two other cool Pokemon in this list. I think we've talked about it on a podcast. The use of Forest Seal Stone and Pidgeot V. I don't know if I talked about this just on Twitter or we talked about this on the podcast, but remember with Forest Seal Stone, these Seal Stone cards have to be attached to a Pokemon V in order to use the V-Star power. And so with Star Alchemy on Forest Seal Stone, you can grab any card you want. You put it on this Pidgeot V. This Pidgeot V, Sean, really, really cool. The first person I saw do this was Kevin Clemente mm -hmm. or Mellow Magikarp. Once during your turn, if this Pokemon is on your bench, you may shuffle it and all cards attached to it into your deck. Yep. That's, That's it's a wild. super cool card. Yeah, it's like, like to your point, like you basically are like you, you can be, if you have the Forest Seal Stone in any sort of balls, like Pokemon search, you mm -hmm. can just like get not punished for throwing a V you on. Can, Nest Ball, Pidgeot V, attach the Forest Seal Stone, grab a Colrus or whatever card you yeah. want, and then shove that puppy back into the deck, and maybe you find it off the Colrus to get rid of the pieces forever because they're now duds yeah. in your deck. <laughs> so it's it's really, really interesting. It's also kind of like a deck out prevention card. Yeah, to an extreme. It gives you, like, it, depending on how much you attach to the Pokemon, yeah, it could be like, you know, a couple of energy and the Forest Seal Stone, just like, yep, throw something back on there. Yeah, I mean, it allows you to essentially just like not deck out because it's not like Pukamuku that says, you know, you can't um, use it if you have no cards in your deck or whatever. Um, so really, really interesting in this. But also the Mawile in here from Lost Origin. Mawile, this is a very interesting attack. It's a 90 HP psychic Pokemon with the colorless attack called Tempting Trap. During your opponent's next turn, the defending Pokemon can't retreat. During your next turn, the defending Pokemon takes 90 more damage from attacks. So Cramorant, right, now does 200 damage yep. into the Pokemon. Ex Radiant Charizard, Excited Heart, does 340 damage, Sean. Yeah. And this, this one is, especially because, you know, we know people are playing fewer and fewer switching cards in mm -hmm. certain decks. Um it can be really debilitating. It might even be a really bad and like, say you have the early game, somebody starts maybe a less than optimal Pokemon going first. Uh, and, you know, it, you know Duraludon. that like, hey, yeah, like Duraludon. This is mm -hmm. also a really interesting card to be like, hey, I'm going to try to trap you in the active on my first turn going second. Um, that way I can come in with that Cramorant, put a ton of damage on that Duraludon and basically make it a dud Pokemon for you. Like, you're not going to evolve that into a VMAX. You're not, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might be. And 200 damage, depending on what you can throw onto it as well. Like, say you throw, uh, I guess they don't have choice belts in here. So, no. yeah, really, you know, the only attackers that are going to benefit from this are Cram and, and Radiant Charizard. But it is an interesting combination there. It's also cool. Um, another card that was included in Lost Box that is new from the Scarlet Violet said Beach Court, Sean, the stadium mm -hmm. Beach Court, the stadium that says the retreat cost of each basic Pokemon and play both you and your opponents is a colorless less. So allows you to switch around the come phase a lot more to be able to get stuff in the Lost Zone. You can even switch the Mawile in the mill or not the mill tank, but the Mawile yep. card for is free as well. Card is card is absolutely great. Uh, play it mm -hmm. in Maridon too. So, pretty awesome stadium. Pretty cool Lost Box iteration on there. I know one, there's a couple different ones. We'll probably talk about more. But what else do you got about this? I will say one other addition that I think people are gonna need to consider for a lot of different decks, but is Pokegear 3.0. Mm -hmm. So this card, I think it must have rotated out uh, maybe a year or two ago, uh, but it's back. It lets you look at the top seven. 
Grab any supporter that you find there, put it in your hand. Look, don't get me wrong, you will whiff on this uh, sometimes, but for any deck that really needs to see specific supporters, like Lost Box seeing Colrus, I think Pokegear is a must-have card in the current format now. I think it was printed in Sword and Shield base set. That's what and I it just too. never saw play. I think it was in sets, but it's it's just not like it used to be a staple with Green's Exploration and Welder. But I think since that rotation, we haven't really seen it in play aside from like Duraludon. I think the first iterations of Arceus Duraludon. All I know, Jake, is I had a playset of gold Pokey Gears. <laughs> you do wait, gold Pokey Gears? Yeah, from back in the from... day. From what that's a that was long back in time the, uh, ago, Sun and Moon era, yeah. I I bought my them. Goodness. I bought them a long time ago for my welder deck, and uh, I was like, "Poke Gears back, hold on, hold on." And I was like looking through my old cards, being like, "Lem, oh look, I have a small fortune." I in have my hands these again. back in play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can use these again. The whole gang's back. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways. Sean, um, is there any other decks that you want to talk about? Oh, boy, there's a lot. I think we actually are going to... Let's save Sanders' control list for another pod because that one's like a whole 20 minutes by itself. And here's the thing as well for anyone who may not know. There's not any more regionals and stuff until May 6th. So oh, we yeah. can even talk even more about some of the deck lists. Some of the more, I would say, uh, obscure we can focus the next podcast episode on some of the more obscure EYC deck lists per se. I think the last one I want to talk about today, and we're going to, yes, we are going to leave Lugia and Gudra off this list for today. But the last one I want to talk about is the one that I think there was a lot of hype and then the hype fell off. And I think people are really not quite sure what version to play, but I'll at least mention the Maridon deck. So the one that did end up getting eighth place um, it's playing the three, a four, three line of Reggie Lecky V max. So opting for a pretty heavy count in the Reggie Lecky area, three Maridons and two Raikus and then a radiant Greninja. So in terms of your Pokemon and your attackers, pretty straightforward. I think the main thing about this deck is it is really turbo trying to get you know, I think there's ways it could be even more turbo, to be frank. But um, the interesting thing here is with Gudra and a few of these other decks like Duraludon, where you might end up with attackers on the opponent's side who are just really enormous and nothing can one-hit KO them, Maridon actually does have that potential still. So I think that's the one thing that sort of sets this deck apart as like how it could see some play in this format is against really like top heavy in terms of hp decks um but this is the smallest deck list i think i've ever seen i mean it's 60 <laughs> cards but usually deck was deck lists that we look at are like four and a half lines or something like that this is like two lines in a card yeah I, so what i'll say to anybody like also thinking about playing maridon keep in mind if you're playing a very linear version you may not need a lot of nest balls because Maridon can search out all the other Pokemon you need. All the Maridon other is two nest balls. Right. Maridon, is, it, they stapled a battle VIP past the Maridon that works on every turn. Yeah. Um, other th My other thought, having played Maridon, that I'm just going to point out is um, I I would consider cards like Pokegear in Maridon because... Again, if you're playing a turbo version of it, not the flaffy version, you need supporters. If you don't find that research or any other big draw supporter, you are having a terrible time. So either Pokegear and or the, um, what are the the trekking shoes? Yeah, trekking shoes. So I think those are a couple of cards that aren't in Robert's list, but that I would also personally, just having played the deck a little bit more recently, um, that I would at least consider as well. Um, but yeah, that's about that's about it. I think that one's still a work in progress. So <clears throat> don't and, take and that that's list. the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like the meta is constantly going to be evolving. Sean, this was the first event of this meta, the Scarlet Violet 
meta and it's only going to keep growing especially when people have two weeks to cook up their next list at portland sao paulo and uh well those are the only two regionals i think happening in two weeks but either way but all the league cups and challenges ones. all the challenges yeah, all your local leagues yeah let us know what you end up cooking up on twitter yeah show us what you've got we're excited to hear even let us know in like youtube comments or in um like apple reviews or something you know hopefully sean and i will well sean's already back in the local scene i am too busy right now it's championship season to be in the local scene but hopefully this summer as well but we'll keep you up to date as always sorry this episode's a couple days late i, <laughs> I got season, really busy uh, yeah i waited until the last minute to do my taxes so i got them done didn't need to file an extension thank goodness and my state returns and federal return have already been accepted so hey. hopefully i did it right you yeah. know? <laughs> welcome to america hopefully i did my taxes right hopefully i did it right but anyways we at least know pokemon cards here in the pokemon podcast revolves around the evolved meta i'm jake that's sean and we'll see you next week <laughs>